Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're going to talk about Ted Lasso, Season 1, Episode 7. Hey, I got it right. Hey! <laughs> Make Rebecca Great Again. <laughs> Perfect title. <laughs> I know, I'm not going to lie. I, I do love the title. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, we're going to spoil the episode. If you haven't seen it, maybe don't listen. Go watch the episode. It's fantastic. I think, you know, spoilers, it's probably, we're on the same page. It's maybe outside of, like, maybe the finale, Mm -hmm. my favorite episode of season one. Until I rewatch the finale and remember which episode it was, this, yeah, this is, I mean, I was rewatching this and I was like, oh, this episode, I just, I love everything about this episode. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely my favorite of the season. Sure. So, as we're, or I guess as I want to do, uh, starting out with a question inspired by the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever, are you a karaoke person? And what's <laughs> your song? I'm not, not a karaoke person but god i have not done it in so long (laughs) um and i i never did it consistently enough to quote like have a song i don't think i really have a song i just like to pick one that i know the words to (laughs) and can attempt to sing i am not a singer (laughs) i will never be a singer i'm more like probably like beard (laughs) (laughs) i'm definitely not a rebecca let's put it that way (laughs) um that might be but not uh, expressive like that just like singing level like that uh beard might be that might be my favorite moment (laughs) in the episode (laughs) 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 it's so perfect um i've gone out to a karaoke bar multiple times in my life only got dragged on stage one time with a group of people that i work with and we did not get to pick the song it was picked for us and it was bye 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 oh my gosh no way (laughs) somewhere there is video of me and three of my co-workers doing bye 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 so which i did not know all the words to so i I mean i know the chorus but it it like I know the song I just was like right outside of my wheelhouse of like you know it was on the edge of me no longer caring about any kind of pop music so and I was a teenage girl so I definitely probably it's what there's a few songs from NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees that when they come on, I still know all the words as I am embarrassed to admit that, but it's definitely true. <laughs> now, I, I, there, there was probably a time in my 20s where I was very much like, man, screw that music. Like, it's garbage. It's, but like, oh, it is 100%. Yeah. But like, as I've gotten older, it, like, I'm just like, oh, I mean, it's, you know, nostalgic. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, uh, I do kind of enjoy, like, some of the Backstreet Boys stuff, like, (laughs) you know, like, when it comes on, I'm like, you know, everybody, you know, I mean, like, it's fun, man, like, it's it's stupid garbage music, but it's fun, so, (laughs) like, and I like, I, I like Justin Timberlake outside of, like, 
that stuff. Um, like his solo stuff, I think is pretty solid. Um, it, it is. It's 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 pretty decent. I never see. I was like over pop by the time like he really got popular, but I do I do like so I like a few of his songs. Um, I actually don't mind him as an actor, which. Yeah, I, I wish he chose better. Like he needs a better agent. Like, yes, yes. Some yes. of his choices, I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, but he's also in some of my favorite like chick flick rom coms. So, <laughs> oh, those aren't even the ones I'm talking about. Those make sense for him, but like uh, yeah. the like sci fi ish stuff he's done, I'm just oh. like, did you read the scripts for this? This stuff is <laughs> trash, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I do think he's pretty solid. And I mean, his Saturday Night Live stuff is—he's uh, kind of funny. So iconic, you know. if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least one particular skit that it will yeah. forever be seared into my mind. <laughs> uh, that's still something that I think back in, like I—I I was done when SNL by the time that aired, and like somebody showed it to me, and I'm like. I can't believe this aired. <laughs> like, right. I can't right. believe. I know it's on at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, but like, I, I can't believe that they got away with this. <laughs> I couldn't either. Like, I kind of had the same reaction. I didn't watch it, quote, in real time, but it was a pretty, I, it, I think it was, I'm pretty sure I was still in college when it, when that skit came out or not long or not long after it came out because it was like a whole thing. One Halloween, there were very many, yeah. very many of those. <laughs> like it's just it's such a yeah. Like I I don't think they thought that they were going to inspire that, uh, you know, for a, a several years to come. Oh my know? gosh, it was crazy. I'm I I agree with you. I'm shocked that that was allowed to air. <laughs> oh, well, while we're talking about music. I learned something about the show this week that oh. I did not know, uh, which makes it sound like I know everything about the show. I don't, but like, you I know a lot. I yeah, I tend to like deep dive and go on like IMDb or like look at uh, trivia or go to the Wikipedia page and look stuff up, um, read a lot of articles, yada, yada. But for some reason, this completely escaped me. Probably because I'm not a Mumford and Sons person. Like, I know enough, but Marcus Mumford is the composer for this show. He's the oh. music supervisor. Um, I can see that. Uh, especially the, um, the their, like, theme song. Like, yeah. I really see that. Yeah, that that's him. <laughs> that's cool. Like, <laughs> I did not know that, but I can totally see it now that you've mentioned it. It feels like their, their, their vibe. Yeah, uh, um, totally. I mean, I love the theme, but like, just never really put much thought into the music. And I, of course, you know, the Rebecca's singing being like a big point of uh, uh, kind of contention, like when it first aired. Um, I was looking into some of that uh, uh, to talk about on the episode, and uh, I saw. Marcus Mumford, music supervisor, composer, um, yeah. which I was like, is that the Mumford and Sons guy? It, like, because I, like I, like I said, I know who they are. I know enough to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Mumford and Sons. Eh. 
Um, but you know, it's not, you know, I'm old. It's kind of outside of my, like, you know, range of enjoyment. They're and, not bad. um, yeah, I mean, what I've heard I've liked, is just like, eh, I, I, I have my, the, my folksy singers that I listen to. I, uh, I don't really need one more. So, there. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like, so I, yeah, I started like digging into it. It, it explains like the music in the show because he's the composer but also I, I guess being the music supervisor it explains why the fuck the music is so good like just <laughs> every song choice is so good it like uh, the not to jump ahead but the song that plays at the end of this episode I think it's called strange uh, by an artist I've never heard of but that doesn't mean anything I'm old um, <laughs> is I mean, it's fucking, it's, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's just the minute that that music starts playing, it's just devastating. Um, which, you know, it's kind of, Bill Lawrence has always been pretty good about music in, if you go, well, maybe don't go watch the stuff in Scrubs now because they had to replace a lot of it. Did they really? Yeah. The, because of streaming, like all of those deals did not include streaming because streaming wasn't a it thing. It wasn't a thing. That's disappointing because seriously, the music, some of that music makes that show. Oh yeah. Um, like the episode where they, uh, Cox loses the patient and just goes oh, ape God. shit in the room. And, and yeah. like the, Where's songs the one that they sing the entire episode, it's like a musical. And then the guy dies at the end. Yeah. That one um, gets me every day. Now, fortunately that one, they wrote the music for, so that's all still there. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's a good point. That was original. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, apparently, I guess they're pretty close friends with um, the minute work guy that did a lot of music on the show. Oh, uh, yeah. Colin Hay. So like all of the Colin Hay stuff is still there, okay. um, which is really good. But uh, but yeah, um, it, it just the Marcus Mumford of it all. I was like, well, that explains a lot. Yeah, it so, does explain a lot. Yeah. Um, and like I said, something I didn't know. I just never really put much thought into it. Um, so, you know, uh, talking about the episode, uh, God, I mean, where where do you start? Like, you know, the the beginning is so uh, like it teeters on like, oh, it's it's fun and cute, and then also. Like, oh, well, we get the Ted has to sign his divorce papers um, <sighs> and it's Rebecca's anniversary weekend. And so they're both like on just on complete the edge. edge. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, um, oh, what was I was going to say, OK, so like speaking of like the Ted and his ex-wife's relationship, like it. It's it's very like confusing in a lot of ways because she I feel like she's acting like they're still married while she's asking him to sign divorce papers. Like, does that make sense? She's like, we'll be watching like we're rooting for you. Like, you know, and then yeah. she's like, by the way, did you get those th- that stuff that I sent? Because we kind of really need to get that taken care of. And I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> a weird dichotomy and I, I feel very bad for him because like I'm glad they have a really good relationship still but at the same time it's like so like devastating to watch him 
like come to like that realization of everything that's like finally happening. Yeah. uh, It's, I mean, they do a good job of not completely painting her in a totally negative light, Mm -hmm. but like, I, I do really feel for him. Like I understand her. Like, I just want to finalize this. And so it's, it's final and maybe we can start to move on. But like, also like the man definitely needs time to process all of this. Like, you know, I mean, we (laughs) don't really know how long he's had the papers when he gets them. Um, We know it's been probably a couple of weeks since they left because as they're getting on the bus, the reporter's stopping and say that I think he's lost or no. uh, There's a couple of matches because they say he's like drawn one and lost one, I think. Yeah, they timestamp it, uh, sort of. Yeah, exactly, by, like, explaining, um, like, the, yeah, what's going on with the matches. Yeah, when they're interviewing him. I know what you're talking about. Can't so remember exactly. it's probably been a couple of weeks since uh, they yeah. left and they won that. We, we actually got to see him win a match. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I've never been married, so I've never been divorced. So... Not, not that it always leads to that, but obviously <laughs> I can't have been divorced if I've never been married. Even if it's amicable, True. like, I don't know how long, like, I mean, did she just have those papers already waiting? You know, like, I don't, oh. there's so many, like, questions there. You know, like, had she already talked to a lawyer about a divorce? And, you know, like, how, or did she, she just must like, have. go home I mean, and, like, draw up the papers immediately? It seems like that would be something that took a little bit of time. Yeah, I also do not have experience with this. I am married, have never been divorced. So I I don't know like the timing on this, but I agree with you. I feel like, I mean, even considering TV convenience, I feel like there should have been a little bit of time. So it's kind of almost like she had already started this process because, I mean, she already had a lawyer. And I, I feel like you don't draw papers, divorce papers overnight, like – there's supposed uh, there's supposed to be some sort of I believe like negotiation or mediation or whatever your lawyer yeah. talks to his lawyer you know or her lawyer you know vice versa whatever they talk to each other because there's like custody issues I mean I would assume she's getting full custody of the kid because he's in the UK and she's in the US like there's just like a lot of questions that I have <laughs> and it, it almost sounds like he just didn't do any of that like he just let her drop the papers and yep. tell him what she wanted. And he's like, whatever, I'm just going to sign it. Yep. Okay. Um, which I mean, makes sense for that character and seems to make sense for that relationship. Cause she doesn't mm. seem like a vindictive type, you know? Yeah. Um, True. So, but like, like I said, even in amicable divorces, you would think things are a little bit slower. So she had like, it had to be, a process she was already looking into but even then like i mean could yeah. give the man a little bit of time man like you know he's kind of going through a lot um i mean i know she is too like it's such a rough thing uh but yeah i felt so bad for ted in this episode i mean even though he you know ends up and I guess a semi-happy place, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> it's still really, really rough. Um, so, uh, 
then Rebecca's also dealing with it's her anniversary weekend. She just got the old Rebecca thing thrown at her not a few weeks before. So, you know, she's decided she's going to go away with the team, which uh, I don't know. I had to think about this because I'm like, why? Why is she traveling with them if she doesn't give a shit? If she's trying to just wreck them, you would think she would do everything she could to just distance herself, like, emotionally from all of that. Um, But I think it had more to do with, like, going to Liverpool and, you know, having, like, this getaway weekend. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe she always travels with the team. So, I mean, I know owners that are truly emotionally invested do that. But, you know, she's trying to check out of this. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think I think she was looking for an excuse to get away, but it also sort of plays into what she's trying to cultivate is that she does care because she needs like Ted to believe that she believes that. Yeah, that's true. That that she believes in him. You know what I mean? And so, like, I feel like that does further that um, like uh, perception that she needs to have but at the same time yeah i know i kind of agree like it's kind of weird that like she went although it obviously has to be there to like work for the story so i think she just took the advantage to like have a girls weekend and then to kind of like stick it to higgins at the same time because yes. she's like that that's a big part of it too yeah bt dubs <laughs> you're not coming and he's like oh <laughs> you don't get to, like you get to stay here and do nothing work you don't even yeah. get to ride on the bus with the team yeah. like it's just a smack in the face after his uh kind of i what she sees as a betrayal at the end yeah. of the, the last episode um so yeah poor higgins man I know I feel for Higgins, but I just something just occurred to me, and I want to say it so I don't forget it. They've never won against Liverpool, or no? Yes, that, not, they're that, not playing well, like Liverpool. They're playing what's the name? Everton. Uh, they're playing Everton, Everton in Liverpool. Yeah, in Liverpool. Um, anyway, so they haven't yeah, won in like sixty in years. 60 so maybe years. <laughs> she probably went because she wanted to watch them lose. Ah, yeah. She never thought in her wildest dreams that they would win. win. So it's kind of like a win-win for her. The team is going to lose. Ted, they're going to be pushed further toward relegation. And so it's doing exactly what she wants. And then it's an excuse to get away and take her, have a girls weekend and take her mind off of everything that's going on with her divorce. Yeah, that makes 100% perfect, perfect sense. I hadn't even thought of it that way. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we find that out in the locker room, which is also another one of my favorite bits, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Beard's reaction when they're, he's like, well, I mean, when's the last time y'all won there? And uh, one of them, uh, Roy, I think 60 years ago, and mm-hmm. just Beard going, Jesus Christ. I know. Beard's reactions are some of my favorite in the entire series. It's just so good. Um... And so, yeah, everybody on the bus, Nate's trapped in the luggage compartment, which, you know. How um, did they know he was in there? He had to be banging on the floor. Or, I guess, the roof for him. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. It was just because I I felt the same way. Like, 
how did they know he was in there? I was like, oh, he he had to be like banging on it, uh, you know. And then it's such a great callback at the end when he's fucking sleeping in there, so he doesn't get left. I know. Oh, poor Nate. Uh, um. So yeah, when they're getting on the bus, so this is the first time we really get the idea that Ted doesn't understand relegation. Yeah. Cause it's come up and he's just like, Oh, well he's kind of excused it the way he excused offsides. Like, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) Like somebody (laughs) will explain it to me when it's time. Yeah. uh, One of the reporters asked, are you concerned about relegation? And he he says something to the effect of like, I'm concerned about what the definition of relegation is. Um, So I was like, well, he doesn't understand relegation. Um, which I didn't either until I watched another show about football over in England. Um, and I mean, I still am iffy on it, but it is such an interesting concept um, that I, I don't, maybe other places do it, other countries do it, but like there is nothing like relegation in America, I don't believe. Nope. I have no clue like I mean I kind of know what it is after watching this show like essentially they get demoted to another league right yeah like I'm, I'm, a very I, surface level way to look at it but yeah. I would be interested in hearing more about it I don't know if it's this episode or another episode so you tell me when you want to go into relegation but um, <laughs> I'd love to hear you explain I, I mean, it yeah it becomes a big big factor so uh it does I mean I guess there's kind of something like it in in college and in like like single A, double A, but like you don't generally don't like move in and out of those things Mm-mm. with like any kind of uh, regularity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's very, very strange. Um, but yeah, well, we'll relegation becomes such a huge plot point by the end of the season, which we're only a few episodes away from. So uh, we can. Slight spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening. <laughs> well, I mean, it's mentioned in this episode, so it, it does become a big factor. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we can save that for, for then. Okay. Um, so, uh, they, they make it to Liverpool. We get uh, <laughs> Keeley twice in the span of five minutes <laughs> makes jokes about sleeping with Rebecca. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, not gonna lie, I I found it hilarious. I was like, yeah. she she's just like, I'm fucking with you. I'm like, oh my god, this is like the best thing I've seen in a while. This is hilarious. I love this. Um, and when she does it again in front of the the bell the bellboy, <laughs> like, I mean, he would have spent the cash in like five minutes. What I just said is gonna carry. He's gonna carry that the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> she has some of the best lines. I was like, oh my god, this is why I love this character. She's just so, like, to the point, like, she just lays it all out there and just says exactly what she's thinking, and I love that about her character. Yeah. Um, equally so, the the kind of uh, flip side to her coin that we get to meet, uh, you know, a few minutes into this, uh, Sassy, uh, mm. Rebecca's best friend, um, best mate, is what she says, since... Uh, I I love the way they call out grades in 
England. Like it makes so much more sense than the way we put it. Uh, yeah. We try to like make it all fancy and they're just like grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, effectively I what, sex. since middle school? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she says grade seven, I think. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, late, I guess it'd be late elementary school for us, early middle school. Um, I don't know how that's done in England. <laughs> like, and, and yeah, honestly, here it's done different ways, different places. Like, it is. It, yeah. It's so weird how it can vary just even from like county to county in this country. Well, I guess that's a good point. We live in the same state, so now so now I'm curious. Now you don't have kids, but you've got a lot of nieces and nephews. I mean, for us, middle school starts in sixth grade. What do you guys do? Uh, so when my niece was in middle school, it was just seventh and eighth grade. See, that's how it was when I lived in Ohio. But when I moved, well, when I lived in Cleveland... But when I lived in Columbus, it was 6th, 7th, and 8th. And when I moved to Georgia, it was also 6th, 7th, and 8th for middle school. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I want to say that my dad has told me that when he was uh, a kid, that it was uh, four years, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth, And then high school was just 10th, 11th, and 12th. Hmm. Um, so Fascinating. It, I I guess maybe it has to do with um how many kids there are in the system and how many schools you have and dividing up uh, uh that student count among the teachers um, that would make sense uh, there were smaller schools when i lived in cleveland and bigger it was a much bigger school system in columbus and in georgia that was the same like when because we live in like north georgia and the school systems here are pretty massive so yeah like the the high schools here have a shit ton of students but the high schools mm-hmm. are all almost all of them are huge like they're just giant buildings um like yeah. the high school i went to was like four floors so, oh wow that yeah, is it, i mean it's one of the biggest schools in the uh it's a it's well it's not a private school now it's uh what do they call it uh, kind of like a charter school. Um, okay. Yeah. They call it a magnet academy. That's what they call it. Oh. Um, but okay. uh, yeah, I've you know, it wasn't a magnet academy when I went there, <laughs> so <laughs> I was still yeah, I wasn't s- smart enough to get into that. So I just barely scooted in there before it became a magnet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like the middle schools here are pretty tiny, and then the elementary schools are fairly fairly big um but then yeah. we also have uh there's a couple of places that have separate like completely separate like uh preschool slash kindergarten uh, and yeah. when i was coming coming up our kindergarten was still in the grade school um, our our kinder so so here's a fun fact about georgia did you know kindergarten's not required in the state of georgia I did not know that. Learned that when I registered my eldest daughter for kindergarten. Uh, la- that would have been the last school year. Um, she's in first grade now. But yeah, they're like, well, it's not. It's uh, they're like, it's not really required. Did she do a pre-K anywhere? And you know, she did. And they're like, okay, so you know, we'll get her enrolled because like the all of the questions are like, are you registering for kindergarten or for first grade? 
because first grade is the first year legally in Georgia that you have to send your kids to school by law. Yeah, and the, I, I can't imagine why uh, our education in this state is so is far shitty? behind so many other places. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. <laughs> and why kids entering, like, I, I know several teachers across different grades and uh one of my closest friends is a high school teacher and she's just like these kids coming in like especially because like some of them well all of them coming in high school did a lot of like pre-high school stuff during covid times and they're just they were already behind then and now they're just like they're so far behind that i mean they'll never catch up and like she's just like it's it's awful and it, it's just you know yeah yeah this city or this city this state it's the whole state it's, yeah it's the whole i mean we're supposed to have like better schools up here and then i've not been like super impressed so far I'm not gonna lie. yeah yeah it's, anyway um, this is like a whole other topic of conversation yeah. we could go off on <laughs> um okay so uh we find out that uh we meet sassy and we find out that keely had apparently filmed some in-room advertisements for this hotel <laughs> that they're staying at, which is really funny. She looks ridiculous. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I just, I love the callback later in the episode. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it makes, yeah, it does make for a perfect callback when Roy's like Keely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> she just launches into her speech that she doesn't remember. Um. <laughs> giving however she has watched it so many times at by this point that she just rattles it right back off that i loved that i thought that was perfect um that that whole exchange has one of my favorite like it's not i don't even know if you can call it a joke but it's such a quick little thing like right before sassy comes in rebecca is fussing because she still hasn't got the champagne that she ordered from room service Yes. And yes. Sassy's like, I stole this off a room service cart. I'm like, it's such a non-joke, but it makes me giggle uh, every time. I know. He st- stole the champagne she's been waiting on. I know. I was like, oh my god, that is that is amazing. And also the conversation that she has because she thinks Keely is answering her, but it's like the recording of yes. Keely. And she's like, should I make reservations? And it says something about the steakhouse. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. that sounds good. And then she says her other responses. Something about the business center. And yeah, she she's says like, it's eight good for you. And she's like, and the business business center is open 24 <laughs> hours a day. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, that was a weird response. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love. Yeah, I loved all of that. Um I have a question for you about Sassy. We may, we will, I mean, we'll get to this eventually in the discussion, but at some point there kind of, there kind of came a point for me on my first watch um, when I absolutely like questioned her motives. Did you ever think Sassy was not who she was saying that she was like, like the, she was like a quote, bad guy, bad girl, whatever. You know what I mean? Like the villain. Yeah. Um, not really. I, I question, okay. I, like, I question her. Um, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like, like prudish or whatever. I was just like, she does not seem to, like, really have it 
all together. Um, <laughs> like she's just like wild and crazy. And, but like, then you find out, uh, like I, I didn't put much thought into it, but like she mentioned, she was also recently divorced. Yes. Um, and apparently her husband was also not a very good person. Um, yes. and she, uh, Rebecca mentions that she's a psychologist. Um, so oh, right. that kind of speaks to like some of the way she goes about approaching things, like, especially when she talks to Rebecca later in the mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. like, and, and why, like it, well, maybe not you, but I can say that if I were having that conversation with a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while and they said something as pointed as like, well, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but like you made the choice not to talk to me for six years. Like I would feel attacked, but maybe like, yeah. or, or at least I would get defensive even if, if they're right. Um, 100% you know, I would, especially if they're right. Yeah. Um, because you know, that's generally the way humans operate, but it speaks to kind of their friendship that she knows, like, it's not necessarily uh, an attack so much it is her saying, like, yeah, you have to confront your part in all of this too. You can't just pass the blame off to him, yeah. you let him do all those things, you know, you let him build a tower around you and then tell you you weren't good enough to be the queen, yeah. so. Um, yeah, I love Sassy. Like, she's so much fun, mm-hmm. but like, she's also the kind of person that, like, I, w- I would, g- I would get myself in trouble. Like, <laughs> it, it would just be like, I can't hang out with this girl because we're just doing crazy shit, man. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, while it might be great for like Ted, then, like, you know, I, in the long term, like, I don't know, I felt bad, like, don't fuck with this dude's head, man, you know? Yes, I feel like he needed that in the moment, but it's not a permanent solution. Yeah, um, and, w- and when when you're that vulnerable, like, it's easy to just take all those feelings, um, especially if you don't know what you're doing, and just mm-hmm. dump them into something else. Oh, um, yeah. Especially when you, when you know it's somebody you can see again. Like it'd be yeah. different if it was just this random person he met at a bar, um, but it turns out like by then he knows. Oh, this is Rebecca's friend. Like you know, so that you have an in. So yeah, like I I was more worried. Like oh shit, is this gonna lead to like Ted tries to like take all those feelings and dump it into like a new relationship almost immediately. Um, which I mean, spoilers, it doesn't, but, um, (laughs) you know, that's where I, my head was at was that like, this is going to turn crazy. Um, so, uh, the, the team getting off the bus, we get another little glimpse, um, at take charge Nate when he's giving them like. You know, the furniture stays in the room. It doesn't, you know, get shipped out. doesn't go in the <laughs> pool. You know, it's kind of giving them their itineraries. Um, and we get such a great Ted Beard moment when the, the, the rooms, they realize that they're 
you know, next door to each other and get the howdy neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, It makes me chuckle every time. (laughs) Um, Their relationship is so great. I just, I love their banter. Yeah. Uh, So movie night is. uh, So movie were they watching? I I was going to ask you, are you at all familiar with the movie that they're watching? Not a clue. No, I was Uh, like, what is this? And I didn't look it up. So that is a movie called The Iron Giant. Oh, I've heard of that. I've never watched it. Apparently Um, it will make me cry, so I won't watch it. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with The Iron Giant, it's set, um, it's set in like the 50s. And it is about this kid, uh, Hogarth, who discovers a big giant mechanical monster has crash landed basically in the forest behind his house. Um, and he and a friend, uh, he, he's it's very Spielbergian. He's the kid of a single mom and he kind of befriends this other dude um, in town and he he runs like a junkyard shop or something so like they hide the robot out there um they wind up putting it back together and over the course of the movie you find out that the robot is from like russia or something and it is a weapon and so the u.s military like is investigating and they want to take control of it and or destroy it and it's kind of sentient um and like the moment you see in in the show is hogarth telling um uh the iron giant that uh you are who you want to be like like you get to choose you get to choose yeah you're not a weapon because somebody said you're a weapon you're not a danger because somebody else said you're a danger um, it is, uh, it's actually one of Vin Diesel's earliest, earliest roles. He is the voice of the Iron Giant, who oh. says like three things. Um, so it, it's training for his role as Groot. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I am Groot. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it, it is a hell of a movie. Um, when... Uh, not to get too uh, I'll try not to get too emotional Um, it's one of mine and Ryan's favorite movies Uh, when uh, I was done with my cancer treatment uh, Mm -hmm. one of the the points in the movie is that like all of the Iron Giant's parts can like find each other like they all have this like homing beacon and they like light up and i'm gonna spoil the movie at the end of the movie uh he saves hogarth by sacrificing himself and he blows up um well at the end you see this giant screw like in the antarctic or something and it's just laying there and the little homing beacon on it just starts beeping and it just starts rolling. Mm. Um, so, like, it ends sadly, but also very hopeful. Um, mm-hmm. But post that he can find himself again. Yeah, post cancer treatment, Ryan had bought from like Mondo or something a, a 
uh, it's not to scale, I don't think, but it's pretty big. A that that screw that that big bolt, uh-huh. and it it's battery operated. You turn it on and it flashes and like and gave that to me for like Christmas that year. Yeah. So. Like, like every time I watch this episode, it's uh, like when they get to that point, I'm just like, I, I always forget that they're watching the Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah. And I have never seen it. So although I, I've heard of it, but I've, I've never actually like watched it, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's a fantastic movie, but you have to be like, like it's really good up until you get to the emotional stuff. And then if you're not ready for it, it's. Um, it's written and directed by Brad Bird, the guy that did the Incredibles movies. Oh, I love uh, the Incredibles. Yeah, so so you'll you'll like this. It's his sensibility. Um, but uh, one of my but, favorite. But it's things, like they kill the dog at the end. I can't watch that. I can't yeah. watch that. No, any movie where I know they kill a fucking dog, I don't watch that shit. No, I can't do that. Um, I'm reading a book right now, and I'm really worried the punchline is going to be, and the dog died. <laughs> and I'm going to throw the book through the damn window. Um, yeah, I mean, it's melancholy. Like it has that little hopeful note at the end, like, oh, well, he, he yeah, he's destroyed, but he's not destroyed. Um, well, true, but, you've uh, already spoiled the ending for me, so maybe I can watch yeah. it and not be too devastated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do Brad Bird's animation stuff. I, I love The Incredibles is one of my favorite movies, period. It has one of my favorite cinematic scenes in history, and which is also super emotional and gets me like almost every time is when she's flying the plane to the island and it's being targeted and she's just like, there are kids on board there. And like that, like her being like the mom and the hero, like in all of that, that whole fucking scene just tears me up, man. Like I'm always just like on edge. (laughs) I've seen it a hundred times. So I'm just like, it's so, so well done. It is. Uh, my older daughter watches, loves the movies. She's like, can yeah. we watch The Incredibles? I was like, yes. <laughs> we can always watch The Incredibles. Well, if you're ever looking for new, uh, something new for movie night, um, it, it's, it, The Iron Giant's really good, so. Um, oh, but I'll be a mess at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's not wrong. Like at the the what does he say? Like the forty eight minute mark or whatever. The bit with grown men crying. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Um, so uh, te- uh, Ted excuses himself. He gets this little romantic moment with Sassy, which is fun. Uh, he calls her a That's smurf. The, that is the moment, though, that I kind of, like, called her into question. Because she's like, yeah, I'm just waiting for my friend to pick up the tab, blah, blah, blah. But now I yeah. kind of want to go after this guy. And I was like, what, who are you? What is happening right now? Anyways. Yeah. In hindsight, it's like, like, oh, well, she's just trying to have a little fun, too. Nothing wrong with that. But, like, yeah, yes. it does seem very. On a um, first watch, it was a little off-putting. I was like, oh, okay. Um. So, uh, Ted goes back, gets two, uh, hotel room drinks into his night, uh, looks a mess and is mulling over the papers and Nate is trying to slide his thoughts on the team underneath the door. And like, this is our first 
Ted kind of loses it on Nate. Like, he apologizes later, and that does mean something. But, like, yeah, that's tough to watch, man. Because, like, you've spent seven episodes building this kid up. And, like, you're taking your trauma out on him when he hasn't done anything wrong. And he doesn't know why. Yeah. Also. Like, he, like, this, for him comes completely out of left field and also plants some seeds yeah. for later. I was like, oh, I forgot about this scene. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's tough to watch in hindsight. And like I said, even though Ted apologizes, I mean, it, it's it's a perfect scene in illustrating like the damage we always do to other people because we're pissed mm-hmm. off about something that has nothing to do with them yeah. you know like you had a bad day at work and your daughter's just annoying the shit out of you and you yeah. say something out of line and you know then you're like yeah. shit <laughs> like and that had nothing to do with it. i mean i've done it everybody's done it welcome um, to my life <laughs> and, and when you're dealing with adults it might be easier to like reconcile and i know nate is technically an adult but like like i really really like associate with nate because like there's this whole like yes i am physically and like technically an adult because i'm x age and i have a job and i pay my bills and i do like all of this stuff but also like i don't my life doesn't like i don't feel like an adult i don't you know do my hobbies aren't really adult hobbies uh, like a, like an arrested development kind of thing not the show but like the actual <laughs> arrested development i'm a 40 year old yeah. man who does shit that you know not even teenagers do like literal 12 year olds do like i mean in my late 30s i was eating like i the same shit i would eat in junior high you know yeah uh, just stuff like that and yeah. so Nate's technically an adult, but this is somebody he looks up to as a father figure since we well, we eventually find out his dad's kind of just shitty. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so to have him act like that to him, just, yeah, it, it you know, it does start to create those uh, emotional, those walls that you put up to, and, you know, you start to convince yourself that, oh, you're, that Ted's not the person I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. It definitely shows some flaws in his character, um, which I mean, I think we need to see. We need to see that the guy who is consistently positive and optimistic and has this amazing outlook on life can still have his own like dark moments and unresolved issues, which we'll delve more into. But Um, so, uh, I mean, cut to after that. Uh, like I said, Ted apologizes, insists that Nate has to give the pregame speech, mm. which I I love a good roast. Like I I don't know about <laughs> you, but like I oh, I love this. This was amazing. Uh, Nate roasting the team is so just. I mean, it is a window into like the the mean Nate that we kind of talked about last week uh, with yeah. him kind of like being so happy <laughs> about Jamie kind of <laughs> getting shit. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, it, it, 
I, everything he says is just so funny. Like his, and when he like leans into it, his delivery, like he he's so good at it. Oh, um, I know. I I, lo- I love I love this whole scene. Like it's so good, and all of like the nuances to it, where he like isn't really confident at first, and he's kind of reading it, and then he just gets into it, and you can tell he's he's memorized this. Like I mean, that he doesn't have to like really read it, and he just like delivers it so well. And then there's Roy, yeah, <laughs> that entire thing because he, in a way. Like, he roasts Roy, yes, but not in the same way that he kind of, like, roasted the others. And it it was all things that they all needed to hear. And I think the way that they were delivered was key. And you definitely see that the way Roy's is delivered, once Nate, like, kind of gets his confidence to look him in the eye and tell it to him straight, like, it's not quite what he was expecting. And I, I love that. It's it's a good moment, and then him ripping the bench out of the floor. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, are you a little upset that like, and I know we've talked about this, but like, we we didn't get any like true football action last week. It was all uh, practice yeah. or training or whatever they call it. Um. And then that was coming off a week where we actually got to see them on the pitch playing. And then this is like this big buildup to a team they haven't beaten 60 years. And this pregame speech that's, you know, tearing them down, but also to motivate them to like, you know, you you have to address these things if you want to win. And then smash cut to like not even them on the pitch, them filing back into the locker room having won or like does it upset <laughs> you that we didn't get to see any action at all uh, yes and no i mean it was on a first watch that it was a little jarring i was like wait like where was the game we didn't get to see like some fun moments but then you realize like kind of what they're leaving it for is the rest of the episode. So it's kind of like yes and no. I would have liked to have seen maybe the goal at least, yeah. especially because it's Roy. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of get why that none of that was shown for time. Yeah. And, and this is, is season one. It's not until season two where they really really the back half of season two where they ease into this comfort of like oh shit like we can have 45 minute episodes and nobody's gonna say anything um because that's how good we are um i know they keep these pretty close to what like the 30 minute mark maybe yeah i i don't think yeah i don't think there's one over 35 in the first season Mm-mm. Um, they all come in in between like the 25 and 34 mark. Yeah. Um, and I, I, they do a fantastic job in this episode. And I, I guess that speaks to what you're saying of filling the episode up with so much. And like, it feels a lot longer than it actually is. And not in oh, a bad yeah. way. You know, oh, yeah. like it just, it doesn't go go by as quick as you would think it was would for as little action as there is in the episode. Um, 
so that they won. And Roy does his like, nobody's going back to the hotel. We're all going out tonight, (laughs) shoving it in this town's face, Um, which is fantastic. Uh, So they they go sing karaoke, which is, you know, what we talked about the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get Sam singing. uh, Is it Wonderwall? It's Wonderwall. Okay, I always confuse their two hits. Um, it's uh, Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's horrible, <laughs> like just oh yeah, awful. <laughs> yeah, like me singing Wonderwall. Yeah, Sam would be another good one. Yeah, <laughs> probably a better one actually. Um, and then we get uh, Beard, like we talked about singing <laughs> Lady Gaga, which is so yeah. fucking perfect. Awesome. <laughs> It's so terrible, but it's so great at the same time. He's so into it. I love it. Sorry. And so, I mean, well, I'll I'll save this for, because it it alludes to something that happens in season two. So I'll save that for the end of the episode. But. uh, Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Got uh, it. Rebecca excuses herself. And that's when we get like that heart to heart with like her and Sassy. Yes. Uh, which is, like I said, I would have been so fucking defensive. Like, just so defensive when she was like, no, nope, you did this. Yeah. You know? um, but but like, how, how heartbreaking is it, though, when she says a six-year-old didn't know what she did wrong? Like, yeah. oh, God, that killed me. Yeah. Um, it, it, when Especially when she talks earlier at, like, their dinner about how close she had been. Yeah. With uh, her goddaughter. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it also makes me wonder, like, how long were they married? You know, because, like, they've been divorced. I think they tell us. It was either five or six years. Well, no, they do tell us because Nora was six and now she's 12. So it was six years. They timestamp it a couple times. But, yeah, six years. So, yeah, that's what. So she. Was she married before Rupert? Rebecca? Yeah. I don't think so. So so she was just uh, like this heiress, I guess. Um, you know, well, probably, you know, tending I don't, to yeah, fight I don't, between her parents. <laughs> yeah, I know. We get way more about all of that in season yeah. two. But, and this does kind of, well, I won't say that. That's. Kind of, I guess, technically a spoiler about her. It's just her and Rupert, let's just say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd think he would have been. Rupert's not a smart dude. Because, like, I don't know, man. How do you lose your soccer team? <laughs> in the divorce yeah. yeah I've been wondering that this entire time if it meant that much to him I wonder well okay let's think about it this way how much did she give up to just get that to stick it to him oh I'm sure everything I mean she so she comes from a rich family anyway which we find out in this episode for sure like true, a, a wealthy family at least that's what sassy says yeah. Um, so, so it, 
I she, it wasn't like she came into the marriage with nothing, and then no. you know, so it wouldn't have been a gold digger situation. So maybe that's why there's no like was no like solid prenup, um, you know, and yeah, it's like I don't know. It would be really interesting to find out some more about like how all of that happened because mm-hmm. like dude like for you to lose that like something you seem to have been so passionate about like that's like you're an idiot man like that <laughs> that would have been like the I, I mean i'm i'm not wealthy but like if like if i were to meet somebody and get married like I, you know they'd probably laugh at me but i'd be like okay well there is one prenuptial agreement like the massive comic book collection that's in my storage locker that's mine <laughs> no matter what happens that's mine like you could take whatever you like if we you know win the fucking lottery and like whatever but that's mine i built that so yeah. you're not going to get it um so yeah you it would, just yeah, speaks to how stupid he is <laughs> I know you would think he felt if that team it really meant that much to him, which is why I kind of wonder what she ended up, quote, like giving up. She's like, I feel like she sat down at the table and was like, all I want is the soccer team, yeah, you know, or football club, whatever, you know, she would would have actually said, um, which, yeah, makes me wonder. But like you said, if she I mean, she's clearly independently wealthy or comes from a wealthy family. I mean, at that much we know. Um, she lives in a very nice place, so it's like she either has some sort of independent income or she managed to get more out of the divorce than he did. Yeah. Maybe she just had a better lawyer. I don't know. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, I, one thing I I didn't uh, meant to tack on when we were talking about when they come back in the locker room, they won. Um, she's not miserable. Like, no, she's pretty happy. And right? celebratory and like it, that speaks to like what Sassy was saying at the dinner as well about like the person you've seen is not Rebecca. Yeah. And she's telling Keely that, but she might as well just be telling us that. Right. Um, you know, like, yes, she's strong, but she's not cold. She's not calculating. She's not this ice queen that you've seen that you think, you know, you know, she's fun. <laughs> she's funny. She's silly. She's. You know, and we get to see, like, just, like, a really good glimpse at that, but, like, such Mm -hmm. a window into that in in all of this. And, you know, probably part of that is being around somebody who knew her then, you know, and it's easier for her to fall back into all of that and not feel like she has to pretend to be somebody she's not. Yeah. I agree. I think, yeah, no, that's a really good point about her not having to pretend to be like someone she's not. And also, I just love how, like, because how they've built her up as this more like cold, calculating, like, person or whatever. I just love that they've chosen, like, Elsa <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because she, she very, she feels very Elsa to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, she, uh, and God, what a voice, man. Oh, my God. I, okay, first watch, not going to lie, legit thought this was totally a joke. Like, I thought Sassy was being a bitch because, like, I didn't trust her. Like, because it, it felt like she was just 
gold digging. Like she was just coming in to reconnect with this chick who had left her high and dry for the last six years just to get like a good dinner out of it. And then she was going to play this like total joke on her and clue Keely in on it. That was like my whole thought process. So when that didn't happen, I was like floored. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, there was after the episode initially aired, um, she had to make a statement basically saying no that's me that's actually me singing yeah um because there was so much like just idiot like you know oh they you know brought in a ringer which i like i don't know why it matters um but she i mean she has an incredible voice you can look stuff up online um but i mean she comes from a theater background Yep. Um, and a lot of that is musical theater. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to be a star, you got to be able to bring shit like that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, I, lo- I loved her doing this song. I was like, can we can we have more of this, please? That's what yeah. I would like. I mean, she does yeah. it. I won't lie. I know we only get like a piece of it. And it's just maybe because I'm so fucking hearing, I'm just so sick of hearing that song. I love Frozen. I think it's one of the <laughs> best animated movies. The experience of seeing it with all my nieces in tow. And well, like, I, I can't even get into what that meant to me. But like, I don't ever have to hear that damn song again for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like, I just don't. <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyone who's got young mm-hmm. girls has listened to it a million times i I, I still do love it though i must say i was having like flashbacks to my youth uh three months after it came out to just being like fuck this is like beauty and the beast all over again man like i'm so tired of hearing this song (laughs) yeah yeah oh Uh, she's done some like really big musicals yeah Um, she's an incredible talent and i mean so one of the things i know bill lawrence does as a showrunner is he finds out things about his actors and then writes them into the characters on the show um like the scrubs cast talks forever about how like uh every time they come you know back from the weekend Bill would ask them uh, like so many questions about what did they what did they do what and find out like all these little things about their life and then write it into the show and be like it's infuriating because like <laughs> <laughs> he you know he loves you and you know you're friends with this guy but then like he just takes all of that and writes it into your character and you're like I like that's private. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's connected to the character, though. We'll yeah, um, and a hundred percent, I feel like that's exactly not that he didn't know who she was when she came in, but like just knowing, like, oh, by the way, she has an incredible voice. At some fucking point in the show, we're writing in a karaoke scene so that we can put <laughs> her on stage and she can sing. So, um, among others, but... yeah. <laughs> I so Ted has a panic attack. Uh, our first actual, we've seen the tremors, but like he has a full on panic attack. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, maybe I should say this for 
a question, but like I've experienced panic attack. I don't know if you ever have. Um, it is, uh, it's fucking brutal, man. Like it is hard, especially if you don't know what's happening at the time. Yeah. Like, and you, most people don't. Yeah. Like, I, you know, the first time I had one, like, I, I'm like, I'm dying. I, I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to die right here. <laughs> like my, my heart is going to stop and I'm just, I'm going to die. Um, so her, Rebecca coming out to, to calm Ted down and talk to him. Like we talked about this in a previous, previous episode, like what, two episodes ago, mm-hmm. the mirror of like. Ted did that for her and mm-hmm. like and this is like her chance to do that for him but it's not something we ever thought we'd see her do for him because exactly. of the way she feels about all of this you know exactly yeah so it was yeah it was definitely surprising on a first watch to see her be the one to kind of comfort him and like calm him down and get him to a place where he could kind of function yeah again um so yeah ted goes home or goes back to his room alone uh sassy supposedly goes off with the rest of the football club um Mm -hmm. which you know it's like all right sassy um (laughs) and keely seems to be going uh back with roy uh, mm-hmm. To have a nice little romantic walk And I think you talked about this in an earlier episode One of your like favorite like Keely Roy moments Was mm-hmm. the the kiss The kiss in the hallway And it mm-hmm. just Good night uh, uh, Good night <laughs> Yes I did I did talk about this uh, Hopefully I wasn't too spoilery about it I don't remember at what point we talked about it But yes this is one of my <laughs> favorite moments with it's so funny. <laughs> she's like checks her breath and is like so confused. Um, the look so, in her face is just brilliant. I love her. Um, when Rebecca is sitting in the the bar waiting mm-hmm. on the, the waiter who mm-hmm. she, you know, Megan googly eyes at earlier in the episode, she gets that text from Ted. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Ted, who's uh, sitting in his room and has signed the papers and we get a knock on his door. Did you think it was going to be Rebecca? On a first watch, 100%. I had, yeah. I was like, that's Rebecca. And he opens the door and it's sassy. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't even wait. She just walks nope. past him. <laughs> and I think what was more shocking is he's just like, Let's do this. And he shuts the door. I was like, what? You literally just signed divorce papers. (laughs) (laughs) That is the fastest rebound in the history of rebounds. Oh, yeah. It's pretty quick. Um, It it was probably pretty drunk, too. So, I mean, not that that makes it okay. But, you know, I mean, your your decisions are impaired. So I mean, he was drunk the first time. He was contemplating trying to sign the papers. But he seemed kind of in his right mind. This yeah. second go around. Yeah, definitely not as drunk as as before. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, figure he was probably a few drinks in. But yeah, maybe I, not, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And, and then, like I said, ending on that 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 sad-ass song, uh, Strange, which, I mean, pull it up on Spotify or YouTube music, whatever you got. Like, it is 
like oh man, it's tough it's a tough to it's tough listen um it's such a beautiful song but god it's so sad um all right so that that's the episode so not a joke filled episode no do you have a favorite like moment like a laugh moment Nate in the locker room, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, that and a- Keely's constant jokes about <laughs> wanting to fuck her boss, which kind of <laughs> just killed me. Um, mine, mine's smaller. Um, and it's it happens twice in the episode. But it, it's Danny being, in, at the beginning of the episode, the only fucking person in the locker room. <laughs> it's like, go Richmond. <laughs> Yeah, you know, right. it's like everybody else is so down in the dumps, and he's just like, "Yes, let's go!" And like, it, you know, it, it just—it's so funny to me. But even more so in the locker room at the end, when uh, Nate goes to him, and he's like, "Yes, amigo, roast me!" And it's <laughs> like, he just tears him down. It's just like, oh, that's tough, <laughs> tough but yeah. fair. Yeah, I was gonna say, was he say tough but fair? I do, I love that. That's so great. Uh, I also really like the concierge striking out <laughs> with sassy. <laughs> like, of course not. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a really great moment. She's just totally moved on. He's like, yeah, of course not. Why would you? Oh, so good. Um. So yeah, that that's uh, those are probably my favorite ones. They're so small. Like, it's it's not a joke filled episode. It's um, not. So there are a couple of spoilers for future episodes. Mm-hmm. A couple of allusions to uh, the future, which some of we've mentioned, the mean Nate, nasty Nate. Um, yes. Like, you really see, yeah, you really see the beginnings of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in hindsight, like, yeah, like you can see it. But, like, at the time... It's easy to dismiss it as like, oh uh, well, you know, he's got like this pinup resentment for some of the team because yep. you know, they didn't really stand up to him to Jamie. Um, but like he's just holding on to that. Yeah. Um and then also the the flip side of that kinder Rebecca, like we see the beginnings of like I mean it's make Rebecca great again, you know. Yep. That's what the episode is. And such a good title. We get to see her start to become the person that by the end of season one and throughout all of season two, we really absolutely love. Yes. Um, yes. It's the beginning. I think the, that's why I love this episode. This yeah. episode is the turning point for almost all of the characters. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, for good or bad, the turning point for Nate, quote unquote. Yeah, for good or bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you you really get a big glimpse behind like Ted and and kind of see emotionally what he's going through. Um, The other big one that I caught that actually I hadn't noticed before this recent rewatch was when uh, Rebecca steps outside and. The karaoke bar it is sam that hands her her coat yes it is that stood so, out to me on this rewatch loud and clear i was like oh they're setting this up yeah <laughs> they're totally so, setting it up 
Um, yeah, it, it, uh, I had never caught that before now, but we, we talked about it so much last week because of that one yeah. moment that like immediately this week when I was like, oh shit, that's Sam that hands her her coat. Like that's a, that's, you know, it's small, but like that, that's pretty big once you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um, oh God, that reveal though, it's so good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, this is such a great episode, and yeah, like, like I said, I think besides the finale, um, f- the finale is just more of an, an emotional, not that it's not emotional, but uh, this one, and definitely Turning Point is spot on for almost every character. Yep. Um, you know, Zero becomes the, the goalie. Yep. Uh, we get to see uh some of the uh other team like really kind of start to embrace their roles like isaac seems less the like uh you know sidekick to jamie and kind of mm-hmm. more the person he's going to become um yeah it's just uh, all around such a the only thing i've said missing is uh some football <laughs> Truly, yeah. <laughs> Truly, oh, um, it's so good. It's so good. I love this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. I probably watched it four times this week. Uh, I only watched it the once, but I could go up <laughs> and watch it five more times just right now if I, if I yeah. had, if I didn't need you know sleep. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's uh, that's Ted Lasso for this week. Um, I did want to update you real quickly. Flash still sucks. Good, good fucking call. Not watching that show this year. Yay. Holy shit! It is so bad. <laughs> really? Oh god, that's unfortunate. So I have I still boring. haven't watched. I still haven't watched any of it. It. I'm. Bo- I'm so bored. Just so bored. I have a feeling I will be too. I keep putting it off, but then that means we have to binge it before Superman and Lois comes back because my co-hosts are gonna want to know what I think of it, and I'm gonna have to. Say something on the record, but I can't really say anything if I haven't watched it. <laughs> watch whatever the, the the last episode that airs is, and just be like, "Yeah, it's not really grabbing me, guys." So, um, <laughs> okay. right. uh, yeah. but I'm a I'm a completionist. Like I have, to yeah, finish. I'm the same it. way. Um, it is full on. Like, it had gotten to be a show where, like, I do stuff, quote, while I watch it, like, a more of a background show. Yeah. But now, now it's like a background, background show. Like, <laughs> I watch it, like, while I'm working in the middle of the night when nothing's going on while I'm also playing my Switch. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it, is, it is, like, the third thing in the background for me now. So, oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not great. And it makes me so sad. But, uh, well, it, it's over. It's not not long now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at least it's it's coming to an end. It's got ten more episodes. So, there's uh, that. So, yeah, go check out everything else we're doing on xwingfiles.com. Go rate and review this podcast on iTunes, please, if you haven't. Um I actually haven't looked. I should probably look and see if we have any ratings. But still, you know, go <laughs> say whatever you want, but just give us five stars. Um, <laughs> and, say whatever you want, but give us five stars. Yeah. Um, 
and man, I'm I'm so excited for this week of TV. I can't. Mandalorian's back. I know that's not oh. really a thing, but oh no, I love the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. So, oh yeah, no, I haven't haven't finished up. I haven't watched Andor at all. Um, and I haven't watched started Bad Batch yet. Um, I, I love the Bad Batch. It's so good. Well, this season um, of the Bad Batch. Let me yeah say that yeah. Um, it is really good. No, I like all of that. I did and, not know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, oh I li- yeah, I listen to your Star Wars podcast periodically. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. When I'm like caught up. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're not caught up. Like, uh, my co-hosts suck. <laughs> <laughs> your co-hosts are your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> they, Which, but they suck, man. They never have time for anything. Um, Elizabeth moved in with her boyfriend, and so now it's all just like lovey dovey. Like I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> like <laughs> now you now you have a personal life, and I don't have a co-host. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah, no, I'm not caught up in anything, um, but I probably need to catch up, and I'll probably just watch The Mandalorian, because I watched, I mean, I watched all of Boba Fett, so I watched, you know, yeah, like, Mandalorian, so I'm caught up on all the plot points, so I can... And, I can... Andor is pre-everything, so... Yeah. You know, I, I've watched, and, and I'm, I'm an outlier on Andor, I did not enjoy that show. Really? I've heard yeah. a lot, of, I've heard nothing but, like, yep. good about it, interesting. I was for a really long time watching that show like it takes its time to get to anything yeah but you really liked obi-wan right i liked it i didn't love it um i thought it was okay my husband straight up hated it and then like my other co-host also does a star wars podcast and he like him and his co-host like gushed about it like he was fair about it, but like his co-host for that show was straight up just like ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out of ten. I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> mm, no, I yeah, I would, I wouldn't go that far if for no other reason than like, there's some shit they do in that show that breaks the canon of Star Wars. That's a um, piss off my husband. Which, yeah, that it, it bothers me. Like it can be bent. Like there's a lot yeah. of bending. There's always a lot of bending. But breaking it completely, like even George Lucas bent it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but like he allowed himself to play within the rules of like, well, Obi-Wan was always lying. Like he he fucking never told Luke the truth. (laughs) Like everything he told him was a lie. So like you can't take the old man at his word. But like there are certain things like specifically when he and Darth Vader have a showdown in a new hope Mm -hmm. on the death star. Like it Mm -hmm. very much feels like these are two people that haven't seen each other. Like for, you know, not just like 20 years, but you know, decades. Yeah. Like 25, 30 years. Um, the original time gap we thought until they aired this show. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and then it, you know, and it does. It makes their speeches not really make any sense. Like the whole like, when I left you, I was the, you were the teacher, and now I'm the master. Or, you know, all of that. Yes. It doesn't make any fucking sense because, like, they literally faced each other in the desert on Tatooine or whatever. Like, it, you just you you broke the canon there. So I do like all the stuff with like him and little Leia. Like I thought that was fun. I just, they could have left Darth Vader out of it. It would have been fine. <laughs> like nothing would have mattered. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. Another, I mean, another sticking point I know a lot of people had was just him and Leia to begin with. It it didn't bother me. I know you can hand wave like that part of it. And I mean, I'm not an original trilogy diehard. I'm arguably not a huge fan of the original trilogy. I actually liked the new ones a little bit more, but that's just me. Well, if like if you're in that age range and you watch the originals, they feel very slow and boring. I watched one of them when I was six. Yeah, um, my like my the younger ones that like they don't like them. They if they're gonna watch one, they would rather watch uh, either the new new ones or the prequels. Um, because the prequels are okay. I'm not a huge yeah, fan of those either. I'd rather I, watch like the Clone Wars. I, I, the Clone, the Clone Wars and Rebels is yeah, like that's my Star Wars now. <laughs> I'm just like, that's where the it shines, man. Like just yeah, there's some bad stuff, but like just overall, it fucking like just like oh my god, Star Wars was always meant for television. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I and I really liked the Bad Batch. I I haven't watched all of Clone Wars, so I went back and watched like there were a couple episodes. Like my co-host recommended, he's like, "Hey, just watch these five, and you'll understand who the Bad Batch is, and then you can launch into the Bad Batch." And I was like, "Okay," so I did that. But now I want to go back and rewatch like all of the Clone Wars. <laughs> it it speaks to I didn't mean to turn this into a Star Wars podcast, but it really speaks to it's okay people have tuned out by now yeah um especially who dave filoni is as a writer and a creator that so i saw the clone wars premiered as a like 90 minute movie in theaters that right that's right that became like the pilot for the show and the movie introduces the character of ahsoka i went to the theater saw that movie and was like this is bullshit this is the most annoying character I've ever seen in my entire life. Cut to six years later, and it's like, I swear to God, if they fucking kill Ahsoka, I'm going to drive to Skywalker Ranch, <laughs> knock on the door, and just scream at them. Because this is my favorite character in all of Star Wars. And like, But they do kill her, don't they? No. Oh, they don't? No, she has a show coming out. Oh, that's right. Why did I think she died at some point? Well, everybody thought she died at some point, and then like she keeps popping uh, back up. Like, okay, nope, fair. Not dead yet. Okay, fair. Because <laughs> um, like for the longest time, her fate was unknown, and it's like they they just don't want to tell us that Ahsoka's dead. And then in Rebels, she shows up. It's like, oh right. shit, she's not dead. That's and then right. she shows right. up in the Mandalorian. And it's like, oh fuck, she's still not dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I know she shows up at the Mandalorian, but I am unclear on the timeline of all of the things. Sometimes I know Clone Wars is like before stuff. It gets like I I know it, and it still gets confusing to me because I'm like, wait, when does this take place? Like, oh yeah, this is after the fall of the Empire. <laughs> yeah, I legit have no idea when the Mandalorian is taking place. Like. After Empire Strikes Back, after okay. they killed the Emperor and Darth Vader, and um, I, I have okay. so many theories about Mandalorian and like the things they're setting up, and they're trying to like fix the shit that Disney did with the movies, because like mm. there's a lot of uh, the the, uh, the Bad Batch too, like 
they're bringing the cloning stuff into it. Which I find fascinating. Me too. Um, so it, it's like, it was so fucking off the wall in the last movie when it's like, oh, Palpatine's still alive because he's been yeah. cloning himself all these years. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? Because right? we haven't talked about cloning in forever. But then cut to like Mandalorian season two, like they find this like, uh, like base that has all these like fucked up looking clones of things in it. Yeah, and yeah. It's just like, oh, like they're trying to bridge the gap and make it make more sense, which they shouldn't have to do, but somebody's got to do it. Well, uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm super excited. To, for Mandalorian season three to premiere this week, although they say the oh, runtime yeah. is not going to be what we hope it's going to be, so I'm like, fuck, man, it's going to be like a twenty-minute episode. It's going to make me what? so much. Yeah. How are they going to do just like twenty? No, it has to be at least like thirty-five. They can't just do twenty minutes. Yeah, I, it, it, it. I've seen a few like I hadn't read articles because I've worried about spoilers, but a few people reporting that like. Oh yeah, some some you may not be happy with the runtime of the season premiere, and I'm like, well, they usually run between 35 and 45 minutes. If yeah. it's shorter than that, I'm gonna be really upset. Oh man, because <laughs> I have to wait. I'm not getting three or four episodes at once. <laughs> I know, and well, but it's also like a premiere. Like, who does a 20 minute premiere? Like, that's insanity. Yep, for for a streaming show, yeah, it's insane. So especially when like some of the audience may not have realized they needed to watch the book of Boba Fett <laughs> to be completely caught up on this fucking show. Because like, not gonna lie, like I was watching Boba Fett just like for the heck of it, and then it turned into like the Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, this is awesome, <laughs> but I would be totally lost if I were not expecting. Yep, this. if you're like, ah, I don't want to like the Boba Fett stuff didn't interest me. I'll just wait for Mandalorian season three, and then all of a sudden it's like. Where's, why is Grogu back? Like, what the I, hell is going on? <laughs> what is happening right now? Like, I just jumped back into the Mandalorian. Where, where the fuck and, did look, all these Mandalorians come from? Like, why are they on a different... Like, what is this planet? What are, like, <laughs> why does he have the Darksaber now? What the hell is happening? Right? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you gotta watch, like, the last four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Because turned out they, they were like, oh, we need to rescue this show. <laughs> Make it Mandalorian season 2.5. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, because I think people are going to be confused when Grogu is there and a part of the team when the last they saw him, he was given to Luke to train. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> then he had to make some like crazy choice. Anyways. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, excited for that this week. And you have... Uh, Superman and Lois coming up in, oh, in a couple of weeks, right? In a couple of weeks. I'm legit not prepared for that to be happening. All of a sudden, I'm going to have two podcasts a week, and I'm not going to be prepared, prepared for eh, this. But I mean, we're, here we are. We're very casual, so, you know. We are, which is, yeah, the only reason that that'll end up working. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can't believe, yeah, it is coming back soon. The premiere is March 14th, and if you're 
into that and you have made it this far, come join us on Tomorrow's Legends where we will be breaking down Superman and Lois. And also, my co-hosts will continue breaking down, apparently, the awful final season of The Flash. Are, are y'all doing as two separate podcasts? Or is it all going to be on one podcast? It's in one feed, but right. it's separate shows. Okay. So, like, I'm, not that I would mind, but, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to listen... Like, I'm not enjoying The Flash, so I really want to listen to anybody talk about The Flash unless they're going to tear it apart. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know if, like, I mean, my one co-host, if he doesn't like something, like, he's not, he's not shy. Like, he will, he will tear it down. So, I don't know. (laughs) If I, if I catch up and look, because I'll, I'll listen to the podcast. If I catch up, I'll let you know (laughs) how he's feeling about it. And if he tears it down, I'll, I'll tell you, you can listen. (laughs) I'm happy to finally be, because I'm so, you know, after Ryan passed away, I just stopped watching all of that stuff. So, I just got so far behind that, like, listening to anybody talk about it, I was like, it's I'm months, if not a whole season behind, and it I just I'm like I'm not gonna go back and listen, but I'm excited because I am caught up on Superman and Lois now, so like yes. I can listen along. Um, but yeah, I was just curious, like, am I gonna listen to y'all? You have to be like, no, guys, the Flash is awful <laughs> during the <this laughs> Superman and Lois discussion. Um, no, they're separate episodes. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna record them separate, so because I. A lot of the reason was like straight up. I don't, I don't want to cover the Flash, <laughs> like at all, and it's just gonna be like too time consuming. I was like, I'll I'll come back for Superman and Lois, no problem, because that show is awesome. But yeah, yeah. it's like I'm not interested in the Flash. I'd, I I'm hate watching the show. I don't want to podcast about it. Like it's just not fun to listen to people when they hate it, and it would be like too much work. There was be. some really cringy shit in this season, like. Really? Barry, it's only yeah. been episodes. Barry has done a lot of things that are like feel really fucking weird about like pushing her like to like build the future that they've seen and like oh. like get pregnant and like stuff like I'm like, this feels really cringe, man. Like uh. I feel like I'm watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Okay. Well if I yeah. if I start hate binging let you know (laughs) just you know find things to do while you're (laughs) watching i'll turn it on during work when i'm don't really have to pay attention to it it's it's, i don't think anything happened in this last episode like literally anything (laughs) it it was like what you know how in like soap operas it's like an hour of like cutting to scenes of just two people standing in a room like talking Mm. at each other yeah. And like that goes on for like a week. It felt like oh. that. <laughs> like, you know, I was just like, it, this is literally just them talking to each other about what happened in the last episode. Like, hmm. it's like we're having a, like a, a, it's like a live podcast. <laughs> like, it's, it's like they're rewatching their own show and keeping everybody up to speed on it. Um, I mean, That's they do kind of weird. break down who the, the big villain is i guess for for this last bit but uh i, I don't it's so stupid like <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's just bad so anyway um i may have to tune in just to see if they're tearing it apart um and then i can just text you and be like hey tell your friends on the podcast <laughs> like <laughs> all of this is awful um but uh anyway yeah, i'm excited for uh, that i'll get to listen along 
as y'all talk about Superman and Lois. So yeah, I know. That same week, Ted Lasso season three. So it's going to be a, a heck of a week. So um, anyway, yeah, go check all that out. Go write and review us. We'll be back uh, next week talking about uh, season seven. We're like heading in. By the time you get into that, we will be through. I think with season one. So if you have to yeah. take a little break, then, you know, we'll be good. So, um, so anyway, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.